Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Uh, I'd like to welcome you to the Brothers in Bourbon podcast. Uh, my name is Taylor. Uh, my name is Cage. Uh, we're just going to talk uh, about a couple different things, try a couple different things, um, a little background about us. Uh, if you want more in depth, we've got another episode that you can find here on the channel. Uh, but uh, we like to do taste whiskey, uh, whether it's scotch or bourbon or you know just regular whiskey uh, and also we enjoy the occasional cigar uh, well we'll go and we'll do hunting for stuff all across the area that we live in we're from Alabama and um, uh, okay so what, would, what else do we do I guess yeah so that uh, we have an Instagram page that we run um, that was kind of the birthplace of this idea uh, Taylor and I we've, we've known each other for many years um, and we got into our whiskey sipping back in college um, deviating away from from the beer and clear grain alcohols that were uh, drank in not in moderation uh, at any college gathering so we decided to have a different approach to that um, so yeah like he said now we get together we, we sip on different whiskeys uh, we like to we, we don't like to collect we don't like that word we like to have a healthy selection at any given time uh, because we like to open what we've got we like to share it with the world uh, I know for me everything I curate, I, I am just overjoyed to pour glasses for people when they come visit because I want them to experience the, the things that we're getting to experience uh, and just I'm, I'm overjoyed at teaching people the history behind it and what goes into it. So yeah, that's really kind of our background. Um, and like, like Taylor said in the intro, good morning is real. This is one of the earliest mornings we've gotten started. It's 1030 here in Alabama and we've got cigars and we're about to pour a glass of whiskey just because of a... a small amount of time that we have this morning to do this so um, so no judgment here if you are enjoying something early in the morning yourself <laughs> whatever works for you um, yeah so uh, I guess we can sort of get into it uh, for insight into what, what we're what we're doing this morning uh, we are enjoying the Glen uh, single malt scotch seasoned cigars uh, from Ted cigars uh, they're fantastic uh, right out of the gate, uh, obviously our pat, like Cage said, our our palates aren't entirely used to this this early in the morning. So uh, the the mind and body are asking what's going on, but <laughs> but but they are they are pretty good, and we're both pretty new cigar smokers. It's very um, very new for us, and we do it on occasion, not not very often. But um, like a lot of listeners and a lot of connoisseurs of both products whiskey and cigars would attest to they pair quite well and so we felt like it was doing ourselves a disservice to not get together and enjoy an occasional cigar with our whiskey pairing it just adds another dimension to it uh, and, and it is true everything they say is, is factual so we're still developing our our palates for cigars to be able to discern a uh, different taste and different notes out of them but uh, I would say we're, we're good enough to tell a bad cigar from a good one at the very least and, and this is a good one i agree with that uh i imagine i'll be ordering several of these in the future and i maybe a half inch into mine so yeah maybe so and what we're also going to do is pop open a couple of whiskeys uh on this episode and we're excited about this one um because as you'll learn throughout the progression of episodes um we like all whiskeys but Taylor and I both gravitate towards Scotch whiskeys. Uh, I enjoy bourbons a little more than he does, 
but we still both gravitate just towards the complexities that you can find uh, in the Scotch whiskeys, uh, especially the, the amazing differences you can find within the same region, just a few miles up the road from one another, or kilometers if you're uh, on that side of the, the ocean. Um, so that, that is something we enjoy, and uh, so specifically Isla region scotches uh, over the Isle of Isla in Scotland. Say that ten times fast. Um, that's pretty much our, our favorite location. Uh, we both enjoy the peat smoke that you're going to find in a lot of those scotches. And um, one of our favorite distilleries, Brook Lottie, um, talking about peat, they have what they market as the heaviest peated whiskey line in the world. And that would be the Octomore line, uh, named after the Octomore farm, where historically they've sourced a lot of their barley. Uh, and Today, we actually have two Octomore bottles lined up, and we are pumped about giving these a try. One is the 6.1 Octomore, which we've had previously. Um, the, I'll tell you the funny story about how we sourced the 6.1. Yeah, so uh, like Cage said, uh, fantastic distillery, uh, and for some reason, it's a little bit more challenging to find here in Alabama. Uh, so we have gone to great lengths just to get the few bottles that we do have uh, of the Octomore. Uh, and so I had to more or less bother incessantly the uh, ordering manager for uh, one of the state regulated stores here in Alabama to get them to order uh, even just a couple bottles. I, I, got, I was not very particular about what bottle from this distillery they got. Uh, I just wanted something. And uh, they took about six months, and uh, when it was all said and done, I think we bought every single bottle. I think it was really like the three of the, the Octomore 6.1, so we got all three, and I was like, all right, cool. Maybe they'll just continue to order them since they know I'm good for it. Um, and uh, fortunately, and yet unfortunately at the same time, I haven't had the opportunity to check to see if they're still keeping it in stock because... Um, we're finding stuff in a lot of other places that we hunt at. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're native to Alabama, um, we feel for you, man. We feel for you um, because uh, if you know Alabama, you know that it's it's hard to find um, a lot of stuff out here. Uh, of course, you get into bourbons, you get into the allocations, especially from Buffalo Trace, and everyone's going to have their own opinion about that, but. It's especially rough in Alabama uh, and, and other stores that are control states just because you have the state control board that regulates the retail pricing and the distribution of those bottles. But any independent reseller, they have to source their items from the ABC store. So they have to pay the state regulated MSRP and then they have to upcharge that to cover their overhead and to, to profit. Um, and, and so you're kind of in this love-hate relationship with your independents. You know, you want to support them um, you understand they've got to make a profit, but at the same time, it's hard to justify paying the price sometimes. So you're really stuck. Um, and uh, what we found is, is traveling uh, to, to non-control states are, are pretty much your best bet. And uh, like he just mentioned with us traveling out to find some of these new unique bottlings, and we'll get more into that later in the episode, um, we found that going up to you know, Tennessee or, or Florida, uh, we've been able to find a lot of these things that would just be unheard of uh, in Alabama. Uh, so yeah, you're probably going to love the, the 6.1 unless you just hate Pete. Um, 
But what we found this past week, uh, thanks to a buddy uh, running over to Georgia, he was able to locate uh, an Octomore 10.4. So this one is a few series later than the 6.1, and this is a different um, addition within that series. So the 6.1 was a Scottish barley, purely Scottish barley, heavier peat amounts of 167 parts per million on the peat, and it's a five-year-old. Now, what's unique about the 10.4 is that it's aged in virgin oak. I mean, it's fresh. You're not taking an ex-bourbon barrel, an ex-sherry cask. You're putting it in fresh virgin oak uh, for the aging process. And aside from the virgin oak cask, there's also differences regarding the peat uh, and the alcohol percent. Uh, and, and that's another unique thing we're excited about tasting side by side here is the 6.1 is a 57% alcohol. Still high. That's a solid number. Stout. Um, yeah, that's a stout, uh, stout whiskey right there. But the 10.4 is actually a 63.5%, which I think for both of us, that's the highest proof scotch we, we're probably going to have. I don't know if we've ever had over a 60% scotch. I, I we've had upper that. 50s, but but not a not a 60 plus. Yeah, yeah some of those hard bags, yeah, can get up there in like high 50s. But you know, I agree with that. I don't think I don't think we've had a. And over 60 scotch yeah. yet. That's that's real. So that's going to be exciting. We, we both like our high proof stuff. We like that burn. Uh, as long as it's not overdone. And, and later in some, in, in some later episodes, we'll probably identify some higher proof whiskeys that uh, we did not like as much. Um, missed the mark just a yeah, hair. Missed the mark just a little bit. Uh, more burn than flavor. But um, the other unique part about these Octomores is the difference in peat. The 6.1 is 167 parts per million. And that's that's hefty. That's, that's a lot. Um but the 10.4 is only an 88. So it's gonna be interesting to see how the alcohol percentages, the proofs of these bottles, relate to the amount of peat, how the flavor is gonna be brought out with that, not to mention the difference in ages. So it's really unique that you've got two bottles from the same distillery along the same series that are so vastly different. There's not a single thing between these two that is shared besides the name. And uh, so I'm really excited to try that. Yeah, definitely. So what we're going to do next, I think, is we're going to go and open up the 6.1. Um, like we said, we've already tried it. Uh, we, we already know a good bit of what the 6.1 is like, but we really want to see how the 10.4 compares. So uh, let's get ready to pop this sucker up. Yeah. All right. So for this next segment, uh, we're going to go ahead and taste and nose the Octomore 6.1. Uh, like we said, we already both own at least one bottle of this uh it's just sort of a refamiliarization so we can get that baseline whenever we try the 10.4 um. and something that I, I pick up immediately off the nose on this um is so we both have a lot of bottles along the brook Lottie line and the isla barley 2011 is a significant bottle for, for both of us in our minds uh, in the in the whiskey community because it was the first um, if we remember right the first Isla barley bottle from Brigati that truly sourced 100% barley from the Isle of Isla correct which was a very unique thing for them to do the first distillery to do that and the nose on this one really it's similar to that of the Isle of Barley 2011, which is interesting because that is an unpeated whiskey. It is. And this is way more peated, obviously. But you don't get a lot of smoke off the nose of this one. Part of that may be the youth of it. Well, also, I think 
we we've had these bottles not a terrible amount of time but i think they've got a little bit more oxidization in there so it may be just releasing a little bit of that which isn't to say that it's completely gone but some of the harshness uh off the nose may be a little diluted i, th- I think we've had these bottles for what a couple months now yeah yeah i, I think three four months yeah we, we probably picked them up yeah maybe february march area um and i think opened this one because i was the first one to get one we opened mine a few weeks later when we got together yeah. to drink it so it's, it's been open for a little while not enough to, to bottle age by any means but oh, no, no. enough for the air to get in and it changed a little bit of its of its profile which we won't even get into the argument that is bottle aging because uh, who knows god knows uh, i don't know whiskey's great uh, i haven't i haven't had a, a bottle of whiskey uh, new or old that i didn't enjoy to some degree maybe not completely may not you know tickle my fancy but uh never one where i just had it and i went no that's that's, that's just plain not good uh along with the, the aspects that people say come along with bottle aging. Very heavy, sort of 2011 sort of aroma uh, on the front of everything. Um, yeah, the peat, surprisingly, the peat is, is subtle. It's just like it reminds you, hey, by the way, mm-hmm. this is a peated whiskey, in case, in case you're trying to forget. It just it has that characteristic brooklady barley smell there's just if you've ever nosed a bottle of brooklady it, it just it has a different smell to it than other other isla distilleries do uh, i don't know if it's that barley sourcing or if it's their location that brings it in or something probably the water i would be the water that if it's something is consistent across all their stuff it probably has something to do with their water because I think, I, I mean, it, it is technically, I think, on the other side of the island, but Ardbeg is my favorite distillery, and, uh, like, they they have, I don't know, almost like this smoked meat sort of flavor that's in everything, everything that they make. It's like, it's there, it'll be in varying degrees, uh, but it's, it's there. It's a prominent feature of the nose on their particular expressions. So more, more nosing on this this glass um as far as the underlying notes to, to any peat or to just the characteristic barley smell from briclati there's the, the floral notes you're going to pick up i get some lighter fruits maybe um apricots maybe a slight peach smell for me i agree with peach yeah definitely peach. lighter fruits yeah. I mean, i'm not getting like dark red fruits out of this one no no it's it's nothing too robust in that in, in that way it's got a refreshing nose to it. You know, like Ardbegs and Lafroigs, the ones that are going to have those dark smoky meats, are fantastic, but they don't have that refreshing smell. I agree with that. Like, I, I smell this, and, and I'm like, oh, man, like a nice warm summer's day, and I could I could enjoy this. It would be a refreshing drink. I cannot say the same for some of those. Not because they're bad. They just don't have the characteristic that I think meshes well with that climate. Um, I think, I, one, I think you're spot on with that. Uh, I think it would be a completely different experience to attempt to drink something that's a little bit more, I don't want to say aggressive, but, you know, yeah, this this one's a little daintier, uh, definitely fits itself more into the Sunday morning smoke sort of mentality, whereas, you know, a lot of the other ones that I particularly enjoy, those are, you know, 
mid to late evening. You got nothing better to do. They're like sitting by the campfire in a, on a winter's night. Yeah. And there's going to be a perfect, perfect match made in heaven there. Yeah. Um, talking about like how like floral and uh, sort of pleasant this is on the nose. Um, another expression from Brooklady that I would have, you know, no hesitation to drink in the morning, and I say that because I have, uh, is their classic laddie. Um, it's it, it's just so pleasant, like you say. It's it's just something that you know, you're not. It, it's not too heavy. You don't have to worry about it just sitting on everything for the rest of the day. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with those sentiments. Um, and so to follow up with that, I think we're going to go ahead and take a sip. Yeah. Give our thoughts on the flavor. We would like to thank you all for listening to Cask Effect. This is a product of our passion for the whiskey world, but also for good company. Feel free to hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Brothers and Whiskey. That's whiskey without the E. This dram is super good, and part of me wishes I could go back to before we lit up these cigars. Uh, try it on a fresh palate. Try it on a fresh palate completely, because... It's not what I'm what I'm saying is like different from the first time that I remember having this, but um, I don't remember as prominent of I don't know I'm getting like uh, my family's like bread pudding sort mm-hmm. of like flavor like when I cut it in my mouth it was nice it was thick because of the you know just nice and oily a good mouthfeel yeah you know, you'll you'll hear uh, I'm I'm we're both big Isla guys so you'll hear us talk about mouthfeel probably a lot but like. I got nice, like, not really like gooey bread, but bread and some seasonings, nutmeg, cinnamon, a little bit of raisin, just mm-hmm. all over the mouth when I... I definitely agree with that. I'm still getting, yeah, a lot of those light fruits. I've got, yeah, that, that sweetness. It's, it's definitely sweet. It's like a buttery thickness to this one. And <clears throat> even when we first opened it, despite the nosing and getting the peat off the nose, you know, it wasn't very smoky in the mouth on the palate it was not uh, it was not your your typical peated isla feeling and, and taste and that flavor profile is uh is the same now it's uh you can you can tell it's peated but it is still that that subtle hint of peat it's not overbearing so for those of you who may know about the octomore line but maybe a little nervous trying it because you're afraid of how peaty it's going to be. Or if the price tag scares you. Or the price tag scares you. <laughs> Two points to that. One, don't let the price tag scare you um, because, it, it, in my opinion, it's, it's worth the price tag. It's not something you need to get to, to throw back and try to end the bottle in a week. Cherish it. Enjoy it with, with people you care about. Let it ride. Let it have a good, long, healthy, happy life. Um, but I would say it's, it's worth the price tag, just the experience alone. But also the, the peat, again, it's it's less peaty on the nose and on the tongue than an Ardbeg 10 or a Lafroy 10, just to be frank, it is, um, in, in the way that it interacts with you, the, the drinker. Um, scientifically speaking, it may be heavier peated, but the 6.1 in particular is definitely a lighter introduction, I think, into the heavier peat market that you're gonna find with the Octomore line. So it's, it's mild, it's easily enjoyable. Uh, and in my personal opinion with scotch you definitely get what you pay for uh, pretty pretty consistently across any any distillery uh, uh, yeah sometimes 
Yeah, the, the, you know, there's a couple odd pod ones out here and there, but that that that's your palate. Enjoy it the way you like. Enjoy what you like. Um, uh, if you do have somebody who can get you a hookup on a bottle, maybe you're a little more timid to go ahead and purchase. Definitely do it. Um, I know it's a it's a downer to go out to a bar and pay twenty bucks for a, a good scotch, uh, but it sometimes paying twenty bucks for a, a, a glass of scotch and realizing you don't like it. It's better than it, dropping a couple hundred on a bottle <laughs> and realizing you don't like it, because chances are when you're in the heavy peated scotch market, you're not going to find a lot of people who might want to buy that off of you <laughs> or, yeah. or take it off your hands. So you might be sitting on that bottle a while. It's definitely a, a unique taste and a unique market. Especially secondary on open bottles. I can't say I'm too in tune with uh, that being any manner of a thing. Yeah, and, uh, and, and just and that being said, we are not two that support the secondary market. What's going on with that? You're going to find the same sentiments with us that you'd find on Whiskey Tribe or uh, you know, uh, any other. Bourbon Pursuit. Bourbon Pursuit, any other whiskey podcast, pretty much. I mean, you know, say, that's a whole different animal. We're not going to get into <laughs> that right now. This is episode one. We need to make our viewers and, and listeners enjoy this. <laughs> if, if down the road you do want uh, one of those, feel free to uh, drop us a line. We'll uh, yeah, we'll go into that. We'll talk about the secondary. Like like Cage said, uh, you can look us up on Instagram at uh, brothers underscore in underscore bourbon. Yes, uh, uh, and and our personal pages are on there as well um, at c dot and uh, at TK Climbs, and Climbs is spelled with a K, because I'm weird. And then we're active, of course, on all the Facebook pages and uh, groups and such. We're, we're pretty active in there, too. Um, but yeah, so while we're still sipping on this, I think we also uh, want to kind of narrate um, our time yesterday on our hunt. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, we, we enjoyed hunting for whiskey you know it's, it's like a treasure hunt you know so imagine if you've never been on a whiskey hunt imagine going through like antique stores and you're just trying to find some unique treasure that just really speaks to you you don't necessarily know what you're looking for you're just waiting to find something that stands out to you it's like man that's calling your name and the beautiful thing about whiskeys something that draws me to it personally is even within the distilleries you have so many different offerings and like every year is different so Across 50 years of history, the number of bottles from just the Isle of Isla, since we're talking about that today, is innumerable. There are, there are so many different things you can find, so many special bottlings. You have independent bottlers who go pick casks and they bottle those. Uh, you know, you, it's not just limited to directly from the distillery, but so many other things. And so when we go hunting, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for those finds that we don't necessarily have on our radar, but that catch our eye, that speak to us. Uh, we may do a, a quick search. Shout out to the distiller app yeah. to use that. that Real talk a, there. You can scan the barcode of a bottle, look it up. It'll give you professional reviews. It'll give you user reviews. It'll even show you what people have paid for the bottle on average. So you know if it's a fair price or not. But it's such a useful app. So we'll use that. We'll find something. That I did that yesterday. I found a bottle, wasn't sure about it, looked it up, decided, okay, it'll be a safe buy. Um, so that's really the fun that we, we find in that. It's just it's just enjoyable. It's kind of a small adrenaline rush. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, and uh, we we won't name them, but sometimes our significant others uh, are apprehensive to support us. But uh, we 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 love those ladies. Uh, they, they they do a fantastic job of uh, keeping us reined back at least a little bit sometimes. Um, 
but uh, we, we, we've done a fair bit. Uh, our, our enthusiasm is hard to curb sometimes, uh, but we, we, we find fantastic stuff. Stuff, yeah, like, like Cade said, we weren't necessarily looking for. Maybe, maybe we read something about it or seen something and been like, man, that'd be really cool to find. But, you know, to put it just frankly, Alabama sucks yeah. sometimes <laughs> when it comes to liquor. So you're like, ah, well, I won't, I won't get my hopes up. And then when you see it, you know, there's like that, what? No, 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 not here, not yeah. right now. Uh, can, can, can I, can I swing that? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think I can. So, so tell us, in your opinion, what would be you think your best find today? Like you've just been not not looking for it, you've just been out somewhere and it's just come across. I've got one in mind, but I want to know what yours is first. Oddly enough, it's one that I haven't opened yet, uh, but. Uh, Purely out of the you know almost novelty of it, um, like, like I said, uh, I'm a big Ardbeg guy, uh, and Ardbeg had a a bottling they did at the turn of the century, uh, where they had uh, paired with the International Space Station to compare how I, uh, how barley grew differently in space versus uh, you know in zero gravity versus down here on uh, the big old round one. Uh, shout out to my flat earthers, and uh, they, you know, they they say that after the the experiment was done, they actually used some of that barley in the making of it. And so it's called the Ardbeg Galileo, um, and uh, uh, I haven't, like I said, I have not opened it yet. I did not expect to find it. Uh, it was at a reasonable price, so I definitely did not hesitate to to pick it up. Uh, but I'm trying to find. A good time and reason to uh, to open it, or see if I'm just gonna hold it until you know maybe it's a hundred years old. Who knows? Uh, I don't think I'll live that long, but if if I do, uh, that'll be the bottle I open. Yeah, that was a fun trip. We a uh, little background on that. That was another hunt we did up in Tennessee. That was the first time I had taken Taylor on the hunt. I've been doing that hunt for a little while. I live on the northern edge of the state. He lives down central Alabama, so little easier for me just to cross the line and go we went up to a store i've frequented a few times got to talking to a guy there at the store rush. about yeah rush was his name got to talking to the guy at the store uh, just about uh, our love for for scotches and i think he got a little inspired by how much we enjoyed them because you know up in tennessee that's that's really the heart of bourbon country i mean you're right there on the line of kentucky Everyone's looking for bourbons. The allocations right now, the secondary market is so hot, especially with things from Buffalo Trace. That's all anyone wants. So people walk into these liquor stores, they start asking, oh, where's the Blantons? Where's the E.H. Taylor? And God forbid, where's the Pappy Van Winkles? And, and you know, store owners get tired of hearing it, just to be frank. They'll tell you. They, they, they get tired of hearing that. They have a, a ready response, you know, ready to go. About, we don't have it. We're not going to have it. Stop asking about it. But... When we go in and we start asking about scotches, I think it's a refreshing moment for them because they're not used to that. And so talking to him for a little bit, he, he ran to the back. He just said, let, let me go look. Let me just check or something. He comes back out with that Galileo. And we didn't even question it. I think I was on the phone. You were standing there texting your, your fiance. And we just said, yep, we'll take it. We didn't even ask the price. We just said, yeah, we're going to take it because we knew the, the significance of that bottle. Um, and he also brought out a Dark Cove committee release that I snagged up. So Taylor picked up that Galileo and I picked up that Dark Cove. Just another phenomenal find. That had absolutely no like galaxy explaining reason why they would have had 
a committee release here in you know in, in Tennessee. If, if you're an Ardbeg guy, you would know that historically the Dark Cove committee release is one of the most sought after committee release bottles from the Ardbeg line because it's popularly known as like one of the better Ardbeg specialty offerings outside of the core range. And they had it and then a very highly collective Galileo both sitting in the back room. The Galileo was bottled in 2012. We picked these up in 2020, so that Galileo was sitting potentially in their back room for eight years. The Dark Cove was a 2016, so it was back there for potentially four years. Um, but they were just sitting there, and and of course we snagged them. So yeah, that was a that was a fun day of finding. That also shows the value of asking. You know, don't don't bust in the door, guns blazing. Where's your stuff? But instead, strike up a conversation, get to know the people, uh, build a relationship show them your passion and they might help you out uh so that's kind of what happened there that, that was a that was a good one yeah that was uh i distinctly remember yeah like that entire thing we walked in and you know in in, in contrast to the selections that we normally have down here in alabama uh you know we walked in it was like kids at a candy store sort of thing i mean uh, for, for goodness sake the shopping carts are made out of barrel staves yeah yeah, I mean, they they, they they were, and not not really pandering, they were definitely catering, I think, to 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 the enthusiast. But, you know, they they, they service a, a wide variety of people and, you know, their enthusiasms on uh, on liquor, whichever way it may be. And so we, you know, did our slow trove through all of the different whiskeys they had. We, you know, geeked out a little bit on some stuff. Maybe didn't pull something off the shelf because sometimes, like, like we were saying, scotch can get a little pricey. Um but uh, and then he, I think Russ was just like standing near us. We we were over there next to like the super expensive. Yeah, cabinet. we were next to the display case, gawking and drooling over the Ardbeg twenty something and the Tregbond. Tregbond, yeah. they had over both there. nineteen and like twenty three year old scotches that are upwards of three hundred dollars a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, also, they're not necessarily hard to find, but hard to pull the trigger on if you're not specifically looking for them, I think. Yeah, right now, as you'll find, and we mentioned in the final episode, Elixir Spirits is one of our favorite stores. He's got three. Tarek over there. He's got three of the 20-somethings, and, and he's pressuring me. <laughs> Tarek, stop. <laughs> you're, you're pressuring me to buy one of those things. Fantastic price. I think he said it's around like 430 or 430, so. yeah. Uh, per bottle, and, and I think retail on that, the way it typically goes in the U.S., is about five fifty a bottle. So, I mean, that's a pretty good discount for that. But you know, still, that much on a bottle that you know you're going to drink and enjoy. Not, it's not going to be put up as an investment. Um, it's it's hard <laughs> to justify that, uh, even though it's good. It's just hard to. Uh, but yeah, that that was fantastic, and that would actually that dark cove that would be my close second to my to my best find. Okay. What is your your best find? I think think. my best find um, was at, also in Tennessee, it was at Best Sellers Neapolis location, which I'm going to shed a tear for a second. On our hunt yesterday, the store looked closed. I'm devastated. I think they may have shut down because of COVID. Or moved. We're hoping they moved. Yeah. That's what we're hoping. Um, But they were shut down, and that that was a good, just old, dusty store. It was off the beaten path. Didn't even have a sign. Had a bunch of stuff on the shelf that, uh, kind of like the art bags, just really had no business still being on a shelf. And, and I love frequenting there, but went in there the first time and uh, found a battlefield bourbon on the shelf. That interestingly, they're turning right there. Never mind. That interestingly, I had read about like the week prior in an article on Facebook, I believe, and the significance of that bottle 
is the the guy who who founded uh, the branding, I suppose. His name's Robert Hicks. He's a Civil War historian and bourbon aficionado, and he wanted to pair his love for the two, uh, for Civil War history and bourbon. And what he ended up doing is developing this small niche brand, this boutique brand, where he bottled whiskey that. Uh, had been diluted and finished with spring water from a historic Civil War battlefield. Uh, and, and I don't believe that it was ever publicly released as to which distillery he sourced his cask and his bourbons from, because he, he, he did source the bourbon, but again, when he pulled it out of the cask, they finished it to dilute it down to a straight proof. And um, how they did that was they used the spring water from the Civil War battlefield. Yeah. And each bottle he did, he did a series, maybe three or four years long, and each series was based on a battlefield and the bottling was limited to the, the number of the bottles were limited to the year in which the battle was fought so for example mine was limited to 1864 bottles each bottle was hand numbered and hand signed these were really popular released back when they were done several years ago and according to any press release you read online they were all sold out immediately uh, everyone bought them up and again early this year in 2020 uh, I passed through there on a different trip and just found one sitting on the shelf like a week after I'd read about it. Now, had I not read about it, I wouldn't have known what it was because it was such a boutique brand. But knowing what it was, I snagged that up. Uh, and that's one I've got saved right now. So I, that's probably my best unique find. Me being a, more of a scotch guy, uh, I don't keep as up to date on the uh, the bourbon stuff as well as Case does. I think we do a pretty decent job of spreading out the effort there. Uh, and we, we meet in the middle. Uh, with on a lot of different things that maybe we've researched. If I had seen it, I, I probably wouldn't have thought anything. I'd be like, oh, you it's just a small small distillery. I never you you wouldn't it. have seen it. You would have just been looking at the Scotch shelf on the opposite wall. You're not wrong. Just to You're be not fair. wrong. And that's okay. Um, it's good to have that um, crossing the lines here. We can both stay up to date on both. Um, because even though Taylor's not the big bourbon guy, there's definitely some that he enjoys. Even yeah. though um, I like bourbon a lot, there's a lot I don't enjoy. Pretty much, we both really enjoy our scotches. We're pretty much same on our our uh, preferences when it comes to the different regions in Scotland. Um, but yeah, that, I just kind of wanted to highlight that for a second. Yeah, talk about like our best finds. Um, and going back to yesterday, we ran up through Tennessee. We went up into the Spring Hill and Columbia area, and then we dipped over to Murfreesboro. We hit Pulaski. Um, what a a random like gold mine. Yeah, right. Pulaski was. I, that's somewhere we'd never visited before. They had a whole bunch of stores marked like in, in our in our like Google Map group or whatever, but had ne- you never really been like, ah, oh, yeah, let's go hit Pulaski. And uh, uh, we had a couple stores up there that we'd seen. Uh, I've got a friend who lives there. Uh, I asked her if she had any recommendations. Her mom pushed us towards one, and we went over there, and it was like, okay, this is this is pretty good. And then she was like, oh, but the best one's this other store. I was like, but this one was fantastic. This one's fantastic. How's this other store going to be? Unfortunately, in that day, the, the better store wasn't better. But, yeah. but of course, that just well, not, not for us. Not yeah, for yeah, us for, on that day. For somebody who's, yeah, more connoisseur. Uh, 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 part of me hates that word one because it's hard to spell but two because uh, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with the word and yeah. the label connoisseur uh, but I think I think in the passionate albeit short time that we've been 
you know, very, very engaged and, you know, just keeping track of a lot of things and looking up and look, going out and looking for stuff. I think we've done a, a, a pretty decent job of finding stuff. Yeah, we hit uh, discount liquors in Pulaski, Tennessee, and they had just gotten a shipment of Stag Junior in. Uh, they had Blanton's, they had E.H. Taylor Small Batch, they had Eagle Rare, all those things sitting on the counter. And, uh, and I'm typically, I'm not one to overbuy. Um, I, I don't like those, particularly who go into a store and buy something allocated by the case. Um, but this was the first time I had found Stag Jr. And, and my, my boss at work had been looking for some. And I have other friends who really enjoy it. And just It's hard to find in Alabama unless you go on allocation day and you stand in line for it at the state store. Two hours. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I pick. I was able to pick up three of the Stag Juniors uh, pretty much at retail cost. So I'm really excited about that. Batch 14, 130 proof, um, should be a pretty solid four. I'm really excited for that one. Taylor was able to pick up an Eagle Rare for a friend of his um, while we were there. So that was a, that was a good spot. Now I think, I think that's all we picked up in Pulaski. We, we found a bunch of, like I said, Blanton's and E.H. Taylor. There's a bunch of Buffalo Trace out there, but we didn't really need any of that. So the other thing that I picked up from Pulaski was um, a famous grouse expression. They uh, are well-known-ish, uh, sort of low-budget blended scotch, and I'd never seen anything other than their standard expression. Uh, but apparently they make a peated uh, scotch version called the Smoky Black, and I picked it up more out of novelty than anything else. And I haven't opened it yet. I think I paid twenty-two dollars for it. It was it was nothing, nothing spectacular. Uh, like I said, more picked it up for the novelty of it because I, I see famous grouse all over the place. It's one of the more common blended scotches that you'll see. But uh, I did not know they did anything other than uh, just their regular offering. So uh, part of me, you know, the the Pete enthusiast in me, is uh, excited to try that to say the least. And uh, we, I will definitely keep everybody updated on that. Uh, yeah, we'll I, probably do a tasting of that one sometime on this episode <laughs> well, for the show. We can do a blended scotch episode. Just like that would a, be good to do. Yeah, just like yeah. a like yeah, the blended scotch, the the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, <laughs> we can do that. That works. Um, so yeah, no. Uh, so to go from that, Pulaski, yeah, pretty awesome finds, especially in, in terms of bourbon. Uh, okay, finds in terms of scotch. Uh, uh, one of the drawbacks of being an American and a Scotch lover is uh, apparently there's a whole rabbit hole of Scotch that we don't and will not ever see uh, over here in the States. Uh, and so it was nice to sort of see something unique at a, at a store. Uh, from there, we went up through, that's where we went, we went up to Crown Liquors. Yeah, we hit, we hit Columbia next. Yeah, we up in Crown Liquors. That, that was another one we passed by a few times. We never stopped. And they had a good selection, too. They had E.H. Taylor in there, uh, lots of Buffalo trays. They lots of package Rare. deals, if you like to bundle up your stuff. Yeah, they, they did have they, they, were, they were getting E.H. Taylor or Eagle Rare, I can't remember. And then, like, if you've got so many bottles, they'd give you, like, a discounted um, Weller or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And it was um, it was nice in there because we found uh, a couple of the uh, Fashile uh, releases from Lafroig back in what 2017. 2017, yeah, it was the 2017 Cardias Cask Strength Quarter, Quarter Cask. Yes. <laughs> so that um, 
if you're familiar at all with that festival of Isla every year. Which we will talk about at length uh, in the future. Yes, we will be talking about that a lot, many, many times over. Uh, that's something that we both have like on our bucket list to go to. But uh, every distillery, pretty much on Isla, they'll put out special releases for that event every year. And Lafroy does their uh, Caridies releases. And so I've found one for 2018 uh, in the wild at Elixir. In the uh, wild. And that was just, that was random. It was actually shoved on the back of the shelf behind the standard releases. And just happened to spot the slight yellow band on the box and at the time I didn't even know what it was I just thought you know I, I kind of want one of these anyway I'm gonna get the one with the unique box the one out of ten there's something about it <laughs> come to find out it is that special release and I have not opened that one yet but I'm excited to try it um, but yeah we found a couple of those actually we found several they had, yeah, they several. had four or five, four or five of, them. of them and then we found more at another store too yeah so we each grabbed one of those we're excited to try that too um, so that was a solid stop which, shout out to the guy who manages the warehouse for uh, inadvertently hiding those, I guess, because you know, we hadn't seen them at all, and then we go on another hunt, and there's a, a plethora of them just like floating around, and we're like, what, where have these been? So that's why I don't give up. Just because it's an older release, you never know. There's so many of these older releases that have just kind of popped up at stores, and we'll talk to the store owners, and they'll say, yeah, you know, we, we just went to the warehouse, we were scouting out some stock, and we saw a case of this back there, and we thought, well, let's just grab it. It's just something that had been set aside. No one had picked up. That's how we found uh, the, the couple of the classic yeah. classic laddies that we got. Uh, that 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 was another one. Yeah, it's it's a very standard, you know, recurring release from Bugatti, but we don't find it. We had never seen one. I'd literally only seen pictures of it, seen people on Instagram, you know, just enjoying themselves with it and being like, man, I I, I still haven't seen one of those, and I really just want one. And we walked in, and you can't miss it. It's in a very unique. Uh, it's sort of like a teal color. Uh, I don't know the exact color code. You can look it up if you want. Uh, but uh, and I think, did we both pick up two each of that we one? Picked up yeah, two. we both picked up two. We, we pretty much cleared their shelf. Yeah, for the most I think part. we did. Yeah. Uh, and that was at Brinkman's outside yep. of Brentwood. Yep, correct. So that was that was Crown, and then I think after Crown we hit Best Sellers, which was closed, and I almost cried. And then we went to Elixir in Spring Hill. Um, got to talk to Tarek for a little bit. I wanted to pick up another Port Charlotte ten-year-old after the announcement that Brooklady is going to be moving slightly away from age statement stuff uh, as far as their mainstream goes. And there's a chance uh, there's been some talk. I, I haven't heard the direct confirmation yet, but some talk that the ten may be discontinued. Um, I feel like you know any rumor is going to be founded in truth to a slight extent. It's going to be devastating for me because the 10 is my favorite mainstream offering from Brooklady's. So uh, I have one. I greatly enjoy it. I've actually been drinking it slowly purely because I enjoy it so much. And we can't go to the local store and find it. I've got to drive a couple hours to go get one. So I went ahead and grabbed another one of those. I think Taylor picked up one as well. It was the one uh, standard release as of right now Brooklady I think I didn't have. Yeah, that's probably uh, there's right. There's a couple more of like the age, you know, the specific year ones from back in the day but you have an ago. Isle of Barley range yeah, you yeah. have a classic Lottie range you have a Port Charlotte now I've got at least one of their individual ranges but uh, the PC-10 we hadn't seen uh, too much of down here and uh, we just gotten the PC-16 which was oh. the Fashile uh, release from Brook Lottie this year we've got another episode coming up on that one yeah, yeah. we'll Ton talk about it tons of stuff in the works just uh, 
keep an ear out, hit that subscribe button, uh, depending on where you're listening at. Yeah, uh, well, we've got right now in inventory, we've got something close to 150 bottles. Between the so two of us. if we just did episodes based on the bottles we've got, we can keep you entertained for a, quite a long time. Several months. We did an uh, episode a day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, what, just under four months of episode every day? Roughly so, yeah. So yeah, we picked those up. What else did we get from Elixir? Uh, I got one of the Bunahaben uh, Teuchtek, oh, yes. uh, which that's probably not how that's actually pronounced. Uh, I've, it's got a pronunciation on the bottle. That doesn't mean that I can do it any justice. Takes some practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, and that, uh, luckily for me, uh, like I said, me being a, a smoky peaty guy, that is their peat expression for the most part, from what I understand. Uh, like the one where they specifically go in and they they peat it. Uh, based off of just like their standard, uh, like their, their 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 golden release, basically, it's the one that pretty much put them on the um, on the market. And apparently, it was so well received that they've got another release that they just called the Smoky Two, uh, but of course, it's in Scotch Gaelic. Uh, more stuff I can't pronounce, uh, and I will definitely keep an eye out for that one because I want to grow that. It's one of those ones you look at it and you're not really sure how to pronounce the distillery name uh, because there's a lot of extra letters in comparison to how I pronounce it in English uh, but uh, again a, a hard distillery to find uh, even more so than some of the other Isla Scotches that we we frequent yeah um, I think that's pretty much all we got from Elixir got from Elixir right. yeah and then after that we dipped over to Murfreesboro we hit their liquor supermarkets uh, shout out to Liquor Planet I mean of all the names <laughs> <laughs> you almost got to wonder if it's it's moderately presumptuous of them. Yeah, it probably is to to do that. They had a fantastic selection. Yeah, every everywhere in Murfreesboro had a pretty good selection, uh, pr- at least a very good basic selection. And did we find anything else at those places? I I, I, I don't, don't think, so. think we bought anything else. It, it was it was more of a just for looking see safe, it like notate it. Yeah, if if I need something of those caliber and I can't find it somewhere else. Uh, and you'll hear us mention Buffalo Trace a lot because of the exclusivity of a lot of their expressions. Uh, but it seemed like all those places in Murfreesboro had cases on cases of all the stuff that's just hard to find uh, down here in Alabama, uh, which is is good to know. Yes, take that nugget and store it away. Um, but, you know, just fantastic selections, especially in terms of just like recurring releases that you know you know good uh shelf population sort of stuff you you know you, you need it your daily drinkers you know you, you don't want to go and just pour away with uh all this special stuff and then run out of it because then you're going to be uh sol to some degree pretty much so you, you got to find those, those those cheap good finds that are always there so yeah i think we hit that and we stopped by a few places in spring hill and then and made our way back, so it was still a healthy day. I mean, I, I I think at the end of the day, I had what was it four bottles for me? Yeah, I think I think we both had four or five bottles between the two of us. Yeah, yeah roughly uh, so. I uh, picked up a few cigars. We were out these Scotch seasoned ones, being some of them. Um, yeah, just a solid day of hunting. Yeah. Which which that, that's a nice thing about cigars. Uh, Alabama, you can't ship alcohol uh, to your house uh, unless you go through the ABC store. Uh, cigars. Uh, the government's not as picky about it. Obviously, yeah. they're they're like, well, you got to be old enough to buy it, but 
past that it's like do you have the money yeah. uh and uh that, that, that's about as picky as they get there so yeah that was overall solid day um i was actually proud of myself that was the first hunt i'd been on in like over a month back in month of june gotta gotta um, curb it sometimes the budget doesn't always allow for every week yeah after dropping as much money as i did in june i definitely had to take a small break i, I really plan on it being a longer break than this but just the opportunity presented itself. Sometimes it's not even just about hunting too. It's just getting out of the house. Oh, that was that was yesterday. That was yesterday. Yesterday was really just get out of the house, go do something for the day. Um, and again, the hunt is just fun to see what you find. Uh, and so, yeah. Shout out to Zane Woodard for being yeah. a fantastic uh, car ride buddy. Yeah, he came with us um, and, and enjoyed his company. And, yeah. yeah. He enjoys whiskey as well. Uh, he's just a little wiser and tighter on his budget than we are. <laughs> Uh, has more self-control. Well, now that we've kind of gone through our uh, run of yesterday, I think it's time to open up this 10.4 and see what we've got here. Yeah, the uh, the, the 6.1 flies out of the glass. Uh, it is quite good, which is dangerous for the, the price that it is. Uh, I think you usually find it in the 150, 160 area. Yeah, I think we picked Hopefully. it up for 165, 165 each. 165, yeah. Uh, got those, and I love looking at my bottle. They're, they're gorgeous bottles. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, definitely check out uh, Brooke Laddie's website. Uh, I'll try and spell it for you real quick. Uh, B-R-U-I-C-H-L-A-D-D-I-C-H. You got it. Thank you. Uh, that... Uh, uh, it's a mouthful, uh, a lot of different letters in there that you don't necessarily pronounce, uh, but uh, I, I, I guess a quick shout out to Apple uh, for making it to where my phone, at least, you know, I type the first three letters and it's like, I know what you mean. Let's it, just it we'll, learn. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and get you there. Uh, I did that with Lafroig too. Yeah. Uh, which uh, we'll, we'll see if it picks up on uh, Bonahabinani. Yeah. <laughs> that may be pushing it, but we'll see. So we're gonna get ready to open this one. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go into uh, pouring, nosing, tasting this this 10.4. Uh, highly encourage anybody who's ever buying a bottle, uh, pull that cork out and just smell the cork. Smell the cork. See, see, because you know, cork itself isn't you know, a very aromatic thing itself, but it holds and seals quite well. So you can get a fantastic first impression of Absolutely. the spirit right off the cork. You, you don't have to stick your nose in the bottle, depending on whether or not it's gonna breathe or not. Yeah, I know, I think wine drinkers are a little bit bigger on the, the bottle breathing thing, but to scotch, you have to do a little bit, especially with, I guess, maybe the, the high wine influence yep. that a lot of scotch has. It's, she's, she Taylor's eyes rolling back in his head as he <laughs> smells this cork. That's just the cork, so it's nosy's glasses. Let's see what we've yeah. got out of here. Well, look, first off, beautiful amber color I, this I, bottle. You gotta wonder, you think that's, in, you know, the longer whiskey ages, normally the darker it gets. Uh, and, and, and I'm honestly kind of surprised at how dark this is, yeah, Brooke, it only being a three year. Brooke Lottie will openly tell you, and they're, they're really good about, about their transparency, in fact, uh, they just Big last movement. week announced a movement of transparency in their bottlings. They want to really be open and clear about everything they're doing, which goes hand in hand with their move away from age statements because they believe 
that what's going into the bottle and what's coming, or what's going into the cask rather, and going out of the cask into the bottle, that that's what needs to be celebrated and shared, not so much the age of it. That age does not correlate with quality. Yeah, because um, uh, I have tasted some, uh, for a better way to put it, uh, piss poor 18 year old scotches. Yes. Uh, and it's not that, you know, a lot of times when you get that far, it starts to take on an oakier nature. Uh, I'm not against that. I, I, I do like the nice wooden flavor uh, of a good oakiness and scotch, but not every scotch reaches perfection at a certain age. And if you've ever watched the documentary Scotch, A Golden Dream, we'll probably reference that a lot on the show too. Uh, Jim McEwen talks about that when he's talking about the Brooklady cask, how he, he would go through the warehouse and open up a cask, draw a sample, smell it, taste it. And sometimes a cask, he would say, oh, no, you're not quite ready yet. You're not quite there. We need to let you age a little longer. Let's give you another month and let's check you out. Now, another one, he may say, oh, you're perfect. You're, you're ready to be shared with the world. You're, you're absolutely beautiful. That is irrelevant in, in regards to the age. It's all about when that cask is ready. And a cask may be ready at eight years, eight months. That may be when it is perfect. But, of course, that does not need to be labeled as a 10-year age statement whiskey. Because of the law. <laughs> They're not going to do that. So if it's, a, if it's a single cast, single malt whiskey, you know, just as an example, they're not going to label that uh, as an 8.8-year eight, 8 whiskey. They're obviously not going to put that into a, a PC-10 because, uh, you know, the law is requiring, if anything, with age statements, it has to read the age of the youngest cask. It, it can't, you can't say you blended a 10-year and a 25-year and then call it a 25-year whiskey. You can't do that. Which is probably where some of, like, the more... Uh, special releases sometimes come from like they may they reach a point and they, they taste a cask and it's just a unique it's a honey cask the, 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 the distiller's just like oh that's it it's like, ready I know that's, that's not what we were aiming for but this is something unique and special and I think this in its in itself its own identity needs to be shared uh, yeah, which exactly. I can appreciate I mean sure yeah I mean, uh, special releases sometimes can they, 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 they'll they'll find a reason to run the price up sometimes, but if yeah if it is special to you and you do want that experience because life is short, uh, you know you'll 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 splurge on it. But going back to kind of intro to that with Brooklady being transparent is they're very open about not adding caramel coloring to their their whiskeys and so going back to us looking at this color. It's a very dark amber color, and this is only a three-year-old whiskey. So Weird. it's it's really quite something they've been able to pull this much out of it. Uh, of course, it, it would have something to do with the cask it was in as well. Um, a lot of things have to do with that, but uh, just the age itself, the youth of it, it, it's surprising to see one this dark. I, I would like to probably look up to see if they toasted and charred the, those virgin oak barrels. I, I mean, most of the time they, they usually do. I know that's very, very common in bourbon mm-hmm. to, to do that. Uh, I'd be I'd be very you know wanting of seeing like what the exact char the and toast was. level that they use was mm-hmm. uh, if they did because yeah no, I mean three year th- this is it, it, it's not like the darkest thing but you know you, I, I'm I'm thinking you know we're right there at, like the amber that the mosquitoes were in in Jurassic <laughs> Park like that's, that's, that's a very good color. yeah. That's the color I'm associating Very with this. Very good comparison. Shout out to John Williams. Fantastic music. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you getting off the nose on this one? 
Well, first off, the difference in the the heat is right there. Oh yeah, you can really pull that alcohol. I, I'm 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 swishing this around to let a little bit of that ethanol burn off uh, before I get my nose in there again. And we're not mixing water with any of our pours today, so we're not diluting this. We're drinking it straight out of the bottle. So on this, we're going to get the full 63.5% alcohol. The smell, it's, it is reminiscent of the 6-1. You get that characteristic Brooklady barley smell out of it. Oddly enough, it's a little, and I guess more to be expected from a younger, higher proof, it, it, it's a little bit more robust mm -hmm. to me. It, you know, it's that same, you get that same you know, base characteristic uh, in it, but I know there's just more of a full-bodied feel to it. it, it it's a little heavier on the nose. It is a bit heavier on the nose, and there's almost notes of pepper that go along lines with the proof, the yeah. higher alcohol percentage. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, a little bit more, more of like a spice, something, something a little sharper on the nose. Uh, can't quite place. You know, if I had to, you know, kitchen spice it. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm. It's not quite like a, like a paprika or a chili powder, but it's more. It's got like 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 like, like I don't know. Curry water. I don't know. It's what my mind jumps to. It's you know, it's sharp, but it's not overpowering. Uh, but it do, it doesn't have like the uh, the exotic sort of shape that curry has. Uh, but it but it's but it's there. And I can pick up the the fresh oak out of it as compared to a reused barrel. It just has a different characteristic on the nose. It's reminiscent of bourbon, really, since bourbon legally requires it to be aged in fresh oak barrels fresh charred oak barrels, but fresh oak nonetheless. So you're not going to have any sherry or wine influence in that. Yeah, it's going to make that. Yeah, yeah, the sherry you usually give you more, you're more looking more at the uh, berry notes. Mm -hmm. uh, whether, you know, those are more you know, red berry versus something maybe a little more timid, uh, softer. I know I, anytime I, I think about like softer notes berry-wise, my mind jumps to strawberry. Mm -hmm. Um it, yeah, on the, on the flavor palette, strawberry is a little bit more where you know where it where it gains its foothold. But this this goes more into I don't know I I haven't smelt an elderberry before, but it, it's, it's something uh, refined like what I would assume something that you know they maybe used in like an old mead or something like that would smell like. I'm ready to taste. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's do this. There's that pepper you were talking about. Yep. And um, what was, what was it that we tried last night? Was it was that the Bonahaven? That had the tingle in the tongue. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Bonahaven. Very very nice, like peppercorn just all over the tongue right after you get it. Mm -hmm. Good mouthfeel. Like, like I said, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big mouthfeel guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not a big fan of really thin-bodied stuff. I think that's yep. why I I, like I, I, I tend to stay away from like space side space side is mm -hmm. usually a little bit more i don't want to use the word dainty but they're well, i always use hearty in my description like okay an, an isla is just like a hearty thick robust whiskey it's it's almost buttery a lot of times and the ones that we typically enjoy just from that thick oilness it's uh the alcohol on it that, that proof I mean, you can definitely feel the heat it's there it reminds that. you it reminds yeah. you it's like you don't have to look back at the bottle to know and remember that there, there there's, a, there's a stout amount of uh, alcohol in this one um, while, while, while Cage is taking a sip 
uh, I'm looking at the legs in the glass. Uh, and so that's, you know, you swirl your glass to look at, and one to, you know, release some of that alcohol, but also to uh, go ahead and just get, you know, it sort of thinned out, see how it lays, and super slow legs, you know, reminiscent of, you know, that higher proof. Uh, but they're they're thin too, which is good. It's, it's it's not so thin to where it's just you know falling down, but very very pretty. I, I highly encourage any and all of the listeners to get yourself uh, some spirit. Uh, obviously, we're, we're going to push you towards whiskey or scotch, uh, and just swirl swish it around, see what it looks like. Yeah, watch how the the whiskey runs down the side of the glass and. See if it runs fast or if it runs slow. And if the runs in it are thick or if they're thin, you look at all those characteristics. That's going to show you a lot about what that whiskey is, how the whiskey was made, how it was aged, and all of that. And as we learn more about this, I mean, like I said, we're, we're, we're definitely more aficionados than, than the, your, your layperson, but uh, yeah, even we're still learning. So Yeah, definitely not experts. We're oh, enthusiasts, but not experts. Yeah, I know. I don't know if I have the time and money to, to, to be <laughs> to expert. be a full full hearted expert. Uh, got got to pay the bills somehow, and unfortunately, drinking does the opposite direction sometimes, uh, just because of how much we love it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Overall, I'm very impressed with it. Um, I love the higher proof. Yeah. I I will say I'm 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 pretty impressed with the the similarities just past they are, the yeah. blue Yeah, they are very uh, similar. Uh, for the most part you know up to a little bit more than halfway it pretty much tastes like the same spirit and then it differentiates itself yeah you've got the lighter fruit notes just like you did the other you've got the characteristic barley the coastal barley taste that you get from Bricolati the heat comes in and gives you a different feeling from there the peat's a little bit different you can kind of taste that definitely the oakiness yeah the the different casts you can pick up but very similar yeah again characteristic Bricolati you wouldn't question it I know with Isla being obviously an island, as the name seems to uh, imply, um, you, know, you usually expect uh, a lot more of like the salty brininess. Uh, I know I, in the few experiences we've had, I, I think you definitely get more of that from Talisker because uh, they're Talisker is very briny. Yeah, they, they might as well be fifty yards out into the water with how how salty and briny they, they get. They <laughs> age underwater. Yeah. They're yeah. Cast in those. Um, whereas, you know, this, there's the slightest bit of salt, but it's, it, it's, it's just like an, another line in the, in the flavors that you get. Uh, there, it, it's, it's not overpowering. It's not telling you, Hey, by the way, this island surrounded by water. You know, honestly, whenever I've, I've nosed and tasted the Bricolati, my immediate thought is like fresh water versus salt water and the difference between the, the brine and the saltiness of other Isla scotches and Brooklady's. It just has a lighter mouthfeel and a lighter characteristic to it that I just always think this is this is fresh water. This is not salt water. It's not accurate, but it's just like in, in the reality of how it's made, but it's how I pick it up because it's, it's always a little lighter, not nearly as briny. And that may be... Uh uh, more so, I, I don't know if maybe like our locale sort of helps create that. Obviously, us not being from Scotland, uh, maybe down the line way back when, uh, but uh, not in my lifetime at least. Um, 
uh, haven't been there yet. Uh, but you know, you know, your your palate is shaped by your experiences, your diet. You know, uh, I, I imagine to some uh, unseen degree, what we drank and ate yesterday is affecting how our experience is going. That's just how the completely complex yeah. human body works. Which is phenomenal because it, it gives you new experiences almost every time you open a bottle. You get a lot of similarities, but it's going to be a little different. And and never, uh, I know I, I like to listen to the Spirit Guide Society, um, based out of uh, I think it's L.A. And uh, they talk about that. And Pedro, who who leads all that stuff, he he's very forward. He's like, hey man, we're all different. Do not be afraid to share what your experiences are. You may not be able to name something, but if somebody else has an experience maybe they can like bridge that gap for yeah. you yeah the, nothing in in our tasting notes or nosing notes are at all indicative of what yours may be uh, it may be completely different it doesn't make ours right or wrong or yours right or wrong you know, that just means everyone like taylor said has different characteristics uh, and different influences that are going to change how you perceive uh, the scents and the flavors um, it's all about what you relate to and, and we may love something that you may hate and vice versa. Again, it's just all your, your personal taste. Um, and that's okay. That's great. It's celebrated. That's how it should be. Which uh, I think maybe like the, hey, you got to take it with a grain of salt on the Distillerat because someone may be like, not worth the money. Don't do it. Tastes like, you know, I wouldn't use this to clean a wound. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, you know, you're, you're a person. Uh, you're you're going to have your own experience. Uh, I know a lot of people, uh, especially Whiskey Tribe, they, they talk about that. They're like, yeah, I, I think I think Rex specifically goes out of his way to say, I mean, if somebody likes their stuff with, you know, water croutons, you, 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 don't, you don't don't hate them for that. If, if, they, if they like scotch, but they prefer their scotch in a cocktail, that's just the way they drink it. You, you know, there's, there's no reason for you to shame uh, anybody for them being another person. Mm-hmm. Unless you're cloning people and we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, going back to this 10-4, very pleased, very impressed with it. Um, there's one downside to this. I wonder if you can guess. What, the fact you only have one bottle and you only found one bottle? You're getting there. You're very warm. <laughs> the downside is that there are four, on a typical year, there's four different Octomore editions for every series. And the series runs from 1 through 10 as of right now. And the problem is that I only have two. <laughs> the, the, the problem is that we're, we're tasting these two, and they're so good, and they're so unique, different in their own ways, but similar in others, that uh, there's still a lot more we need to cure. Man, <laughs> do, do, does that imply that there are 40 different Octomores, and we've only gotten a, a chance to try uh, That's essentially what two? I'm saying. Correct. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Which, uh, they, they've switched uh, distillers since they started the Octomore series. Uh, Jim McEwen was the guy who started it all, and the head distiller now is Adam Hannon, right? And, and both have done amazing things for the distillery. Um, Scotch community? Yeah, yeah, not just the distillery, the Scotch community in general. Going back to that documentary, Scotch, A Golden Dream, if you want to learn a little bit more about Jim's history, that's a fantastic one to watch. He talks about his journey through Balmore and and his way over to Brook Lodge and him starting it up and, and just everything in between, all that he's done. Helping to revive it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, then, and then Adam's over there. He's pioneering this this initiative towards transparency. Um, 
he's still out there creating these phenomenal bottlings every year. Uh, and just everything, everyone on the team, not just the master distillers, but uh, one thing that you'll find, which I love about Scotch whiskey, is everyone in the team seems to genuinely love what they do. And they're proud to be there and they believe in what they're creating. For everyone over there, they're not they're not doing it because it's a job. They're doing it because they genuinely want to be a part of, of what Brooklady's doing or what Lafroy's doing or what Arbeck's doing. Uh, and that that's very that's a wonderful thing to me. Uh, wonderful sentiment. So so it's really a shout out to everyone over there and all that they're doing to, to create these products uh, and, and stay on top of the game and innovate and learn and, and educate all of that together. And they all seem to be very personable people. Uh, since the festival this year was canceled because of uh, COVID, uh, we went uh, and uh, Brujolati had uh, their Laddie Lock-In, which was like a, a virtual festival. Yeah, a virtual like 24-hour festival where they, they had stuff going on the entire time at the distillery. They were trying different things. They were sharing cocktails that you can make with scotch they had music uh which we're getting some signed cds from mr robin lang here oh, shortly we're excited wait. for that whiskey for breakfast look up the albums yeah. u.s Great. postal service you guys suck <laughs> uh, lost the first one maybe yeah. you won't lose the second yeah you, you guys lost the first two copies that i got and luckily robin is uh the, like everyone else in scotland yeah. is super nice and if, if he if robin is any indication of how scotch people are I, I can't wait to go over there and meet him because he is so gracious, uh, artful, uh, knowledgeable, personable. Just uh, I, I just want to shake his hand, and he, he's not at all like you would expect him to be, uh, because uh, not to say that he is a crotchety old man, but uh, he is a, a little bit older. But you would not be able to tell just by listening to his voice. Was very taken aback when. Yeah, I, I bought the Whiskey for Breakfast album. I, yeah, I, was, I was super psyched about it. And then like I saw him doing like a, a live video on Facebook, and I went, no, no, that's not the same guy. It couldn't be. That guy's at least 20 years older than the guy that like I envisioned in my mind. But uh, he just has a beyond youthful voice uh, and outlook on the world. Uh, and like I said, just, just a fantastic person. Very, very genuine in all the messages that uh, I've shared with him. And he, he, I don't know if I told you, he told me that when and if we come over there, definitely reach out and uh, he'd be, he, he, he said he'd love to meet us. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be fantastic. He, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep up with us for the next year or so. Uh, we hope when, to travel out there sometime soon. We'll bring our equipment. We'll yeah. Record live out there. That'll be fun to get oh, all awesome. this recording equipment through oh, customs, uh, through, <laughs> through customs and. They just have to buy our own stuff out there and just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Donate it to somebody. Yeah. Uh, ask them for a space we can use. So, well, I, I really think that's about has it for this one. Yeah, this, um, this, this has been fantastic. It's been good, yeah. Uh, I think this, this video will be significantly, or not video, this recording will be significantly easier to edit uh, <laughs> than the last one. The last one, we not necessarily we got caught up well it was our pilot episode yeah we, it, it, you know we ironed out the rough edges yeah we it, it was it was it was a uh, a brainstorm session uh and we had lots of different experiences interruptions uh and uh, just a lot of, just a lot of hashing out smaller details and catching up there was a lot of catching up during that episode because we 
obviously COVID makes it a little bit more difficult. We don't live that far from each other, but uh, just the day-to-day sometimes keeps us uh, isolated from each other. I just hit the, the rich point. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. I'm, just... I'm, for, for, for anybody wanting to know, we're, we're in the last uh, three or four inches of our, our, uh, our, our Glenn cigars. And uh, that's normally, in our experience, what we've been told, where it just, you know, it gets a little bit more robust. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, mine just turns, so it's still uh, good, but just different. It just, yeah, it, uh, it opens it up. It's, it's like you almost get, like, two or three cigars out of the same cigar because yeah. the flavor will change, uh, which can't, um, can't wait to understand and learn why that is yeah. uh, down the road. But Well, yeah, so we'll, we'll wrap it up. We appreciate everyone listening in. Um, from us meeting up out here in the backwoods country of Alabama. Apologize if you've heard all the wildlife, but I guess that gives a good background ambiance to where we're at. Um, so yeah, we're, we're glad you listened in. Excited to share this. Excited to move forward with future episodes. Yeah, but uh, my name is Taylor. My name's Cage. And uh, this is us signing off. Right, thanks.